Welcome everybody to Zephyr's Corner, and I'd like to start out how I usually do. This is just my opinion. It is not medical advice. It is not something you have to do. As in all things, it's something for you to think about, ponder on, and go from there. Hey there everybody, sit down, relax, have a seat. And we're going to talk today about death and dying. A little bit about dignity, a little bit about the acceptance of, and a little bit about the culture of death and dying. In North America, we commercialize death and dying. The funeral business is huge, and it makes a huge profit. I mean, by the time you look at your service, and you look at the person running the service, you look at the rental of the facility, you look at the preparation of the body, the either cremation or the internment into a coffin, the price of the coffin, which is absolutely ridiculous, the cost of internment into the ground, the groundskeeping, all of these things can be extremely, extremely high. I myself, a few years ago, had actually started setting up my own preparations. I don't plan on going anywhere for a number of decades yet, but in my family, I'm 59 years old, I've seen a lot of death in our family, and in my fields of nursing, uh, healthcare, I've seen how quick people can go and how unexpected people can go. And even when they're expecting it, the amount of issues that happen, the amount of family trauma, the amount of costs, the amount of everything that goes on with dying. So I set up my own service. All of the, my brother, if he's still around at that time, will give the eulogy. But basically everything has been set up. The songs, the poems, the talks, the way the service is going to go. Um, I am hand-making my own shroud because I'd like to be cremated in a shroud, not in some $50,000 coffin. The area I'm being buried and the stone, I'm already making payments on, getting everything ready, the handouts, all of this is being done already. And with my sense of humor, which is a little weird, um, I've actually got a box by the door that has the urn in it, the uh, memory cards would have all the information that all they have to do is put it in a computer and print it out. The shroud, when it's finished, will be placed in there. And I've named the box So I'm Dead Already. Or I might even change it to So I'm Dead. And my will's in there, my legal paperwork's in there, everything is in that box. So if and when, not if, but when I do pass, everything will be done so my family doesn't have to go through the trauma. This is not a hard idea, but the biggest thing is a lot of people do not like to talk about death. I am not here to tell you what's after this life, because I don't know. Uh, I'm pagan, I have my beliefs, but that doesn't necessarily mean 100% I'm right. I mean, not too many people have come back from the great beyond, and we don't know what happens when we die. Everybody has their ideas, everybody has their faith, their spirituality. But we don't 100% know, and and in that, a lot of people get very scared when it comes to talking about death. I saw it a lot when we have a member of a family, usually elderly, but not always, 
who comes into the ER or is in the hospital and is going to die or is already dead and there's the aspect of trying to keep them on life support or all these different things. And I have seen people with wills, um, with um, their instructions of what to do after they pass, with all of their paperwork to say, I do not want to be resuscitated, DNRs, as well as I do not want to be on life support. I have seen those thrown out the window because the family gets so upset that they insist that the doctor or the hospital do what they want. And it's very important to sit down with your family and discuss what you want done in the case of a tragic accident. If you're dying, if what you want done with your organs, um, how you want your funeral to go, how you want things to happen. Uh, I had a family member who used to joke that just in, stuff me, put me in the corner, put a beer in my hand and put on some music and let's have fun. More and more, we're starting to see families sitting down and discussing what's going to happen. And in COVID, it even got more stronger that we've had a lot of people die in the world. And people are starting to realize that there is a small chance that they may catch COVID or something else, and they may pass away from it. Never mind car accidents, never mind murders, never mind just natural passings, disease pathologies, all of these things. So part of the acceptance is to realize that we all die. I myself am not afraid to die. I know it's going to happen. I don't want it to happen for a long period of time, but I know it's going to happen. And I don't want my family to go through too much trouble getting things set up. So think about that you are going to pass and how you can make it easier on your friends and family. Death and dying is not done with the same ceremony and ritual and respect and dignity as it has been in the past or it has been in other cultures. There are people, and I would like to do it after I retire, that actually their job is to sit down with families and friends and, and the loved one and work out their death. This is to sit down and make sure that is all the legal paperwork, paperwork set out. Have you decided what you're going to do? How do you want to do your, your passing? I am a huge fan of not having the heavy traditional funeral where everybody cries and weeps and howls and then you have this horrible organ music playing in the background and you're in this dark church. Myself and my family and most of my friends are very heavy about the aspect of doing um, remembrances, of sitting down and everybody going out to a large area in the country and do a celebration of life, potluck dinners, lots of little bit of music in the background, the kids playing, and we all sit down and talk about how much we respected and loved and cared for that person and how much of a part they meant for our lives and the bonding between the survivors. When we talk about death, 
we have to keep many aspects in mind. We have to look at one, the person who's dying. How do we support them? How do we deal with what they're going through? Uh, Kubler-Ross gave these multiple aspects of acceptance of dying. And we look at those and we see what does that person need at this present time. Then we look at the family. And it's very important to sit down and say for family and friends, what do they need at this present time? There are many different ways to pay for a funeral. Um, insurance plans are very good, and a lot of people will not necessarily bury the person right away. And if they're being cremated, that's even better, because you can cremate them, have them in the urn, and then hold the ceremony, the ritual, the celebration of life, the event later. And let the insurance pay for all the costs. Some people don't have insurance, and what they'll do is they'll pay a small amount a month at a funeral home to get the stone and the ground where they're going to be placed done. Funeral homes, per average, are pretty good. I have one here in the west end of Edmonton. They're very warm people. They're very nice people, but they're expensive. (laughs) It's worse paying for your funeral than it is for your wedding, depending how you do your wedding. So get those all done now. Get this all done looked at now. Get your plan set up. Get what you need to do. And then decide how you're going to do what you want to do. Because, like in my case, I'm gone. But I want to do something in my service and the way I'm being buried in the way I respect my tradition. And to help people just remember me. It's not ego, per se. It's more just an aspect of, I want to let people know that they do not have to do the work on the service, the ritual. They do not have to do much on the celebration of life. Basically, it's all set up, ready to go. Everything you need to do and say and play and show is ready to go. Your paperwork's all ready to go. That's the little handout memoriams you give at the door. Everything's set. Um, The funeral's already been paid for. The urn and the shroud, all of these things are done. And all my legal paperwork is done with my wishes and my will and my insurance and everything else. This just allows the one, acceptance of yes, you are going to pass. And two, you're taking a lot of burden off the family. Now the family can maybe find a place to all get together, find a place to remember you by. And again, the last podcast, we talked about the importance of food and drink. Everybody gets together, they eat lots of food, they drink, they laugh, and they remember what happens. Now there are customs and rituals where you do not do that. You sit in a church and people cry and people weep and solemn music is played and there's tons of flowers and there's great ceremony and ritual. And that's not bad. Not the way I'd go, but not bad because, again, I'm doing something based on my spirituality and my thoughts. If you have somebody who belongs to that type of religion or spirituality or path and that's the way they want it to go, then that's their call. I have been to many funerals. I've been to Christian, Catholic, um, 
Baptist, that was actually kind of an interesting one. People all clapped and sang. I have been to pagan. I have been to basically just celebration of lives. I've been to many different things. And again, what I've learned is you can't be afraid to die. And you have to die with dignity. Because... Or you have to try and die with dignity. <laughs> what we notice, like in the emergency room where I work, or I used to work, it's hard to die with dignity if you come in on the back of a stretcher and you've been in a motor, motor vehicle accident and you're very critical and you pass. It's not too dignified. But let's say you're elderly and you live in a home and or you're sick, you have a cancer, you have a disease pathology where you only have X number of months to live. We need to make sure that people die with dignity. We have seen in the news over the last five months how some of our provinces and states, if you're living in the states or other countries, treat their elderly in seniors' homes. They are not dignified. They do not die with dignity. They do not get cared with dignity. There are a lot of people, we do not treat the elderly in North America we do not treat our elderly with the respect and love that we do in other countries. Now, of course, that depends on your culture, it depends on your customs, and it depends on your family. But I see many elderly people left to die in old folks' homes, palliative cares, and I'm afraid to say that, sad to say that, some of these private care facilities are not just for the money. And the people just lay there and drool and poop on themselves and, and don't eat. And even the people that are cognizant, I've seen the menus of one or two of these places of what they feed these people, and it's atrocious. So if we do not treat our elderly respect, and you might say, well, you know, so hold on, Zephyr, I love my grandmother and I love my grandfather. Are they at home right now? Do you visit them on a regular basis? And, yep, there's COVID. We don't visit them in person, but do you phone them on a regular basis? Do you FaceTime with them? Do you go outside and smile and talk through the windows at them? Do you treat them with respect? Because if we don't treat our elderly with respect, then we have a hard time dealing with death because we don't understand. For a lot of people, death is a very terrifying thing. Again, it goes back to we don't know what's coming next. And even if we have a huge belief of what's coming next, we still don't know what's coming next. And this can cause a lot of confusion and just just problems. We see families that do not agree with what happens to somebody after they've passed. That can be a huge issue. We see people that do not treat people that are dying with dignity. We don't understand death. There are countries and cultures out there that when your parent or when your elder becomes elderly and needs help, you take them into your home and you take care of them the same as they took care of you when you were a child. That is not necessarily highly prevalent in North America. Hence why there are so many senior centers and old folks' homes for people to stay in. 
Now, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, because there are so many different aspects to each family. Um, a lot of it could be money. A lot of it is maybe nobody will be there to take care of the person. Maybe the person is sick and needs the care a little further than they would have an average and needs to be in some type of treatment home. But we need to take a look at death and we need to say that it is something that's going to happen. It's part of our journey. We not might not be too happy that it's going to happen because, hey, we got life to live. But we shouldn't be afraid of it and angry about it. We should treat it with the respect it's due. We should treat the person that is going through the process with dignity and respect and listen to their wishes. We should try and make plans as much as possible to help so the family, when they go through the crisis, has as much done as possible and ready to go. We should teach our younger generations to respect the elderly and to respect death and dying. There are certain palliative care doctors and nurses I have worked with in certain centers that I have huge respect for. Uh, I don't think I could do it. I've worked with many different patients, uh, children with cancer, emergency room. Uh, I've worked with um, children, pediatric step-downs, ICUs. I have worked on flight nursing. I have worked on general floor duty. I've worked occupational nursing. I've worked uh, construction nursing. Uh, right now I'm teaching with military for nursing. Well, not nursing actually, just basic healthcare. I teach medics, doctors, nurses, physician assistants, etc. in the Army, the Navy, and Air Force. But I have great respect for either the doulas or the health services staff that work in palliative care and take care of whether they be younger, whether they be older, whether they be infirmed, whether they've lost their mental facilities, lost their physical facilities, whether they are in comas, all of these different aspects of people that are in the process of death and dying. My experience with death and dying with patients is usually fairly quick. Um, when I work at the trauma centers, patient comes in, they're very critical, uh, they may be having a massive heart attack, severe attack of a, a disease pathology, a critical accident of some sort, uh, attempted suicide, all of these different things, uh, attempted homicide, which becomes a homicide. I usually deal with them quick. And I've rarely had to hold the hand of somebody that's dying. Once, when I was down in New Mexico, we had a tourist who had no friends, no family. He was just coming to New Mexico to see things. He had basically had a massive stroke, and he was dying. There was nothing we could do. So the nurses all took turns for about half an hour each, and we would just sit by his bedside, hold his hand, and talk. Because we wanted to make sure he knew that he was not alone when he passed. I've done that to a few patients. I've done that to a few people. Yet, there are people out there that have no issues putting their friends and families into an area where somebody else takes care of them when they die. 
Now, to me, this is a loss of dignity. Palliative centers are phenomenal, and the staff are phenomenal. But I have also seen palliative care patients who do not have family with them. There is a very small amount of family that just can't be with them. Just There's so many situations, and they find it very difficult. But there are a number of palliative patients that I've talked to, palliative care nurses, that they're alone when they die. And the family just doesn't come. They got tired of coming every day. They got tired of doing this. They got tired of doing that. Well, I'm really sure your elder got tired of raising you, too. And uh, again, there's that loss of dignity with death. I have sat beside a few families my families, my family, as they passed. Uh, I did it with my mom, where actually my brother and I were sitting at her bedside, holding her hand when she took her last breath. My sister, my stepsister, I I sat by her bedside. And this was down in Calgary. I came home around lunch. She passed around 7 or 8 that evening. We've all sat or know somebody who has sat with somebody who's dying. It is not easy to hold the loved one's hands and watch the life leave their body. But we owe them that respect. If it is possible to do, we need to be by their side when they pass. Because they've been by our side our entire lives. We need to sit down with them before they pass and find out what their wishes are. Not ours, theirs. I've seen so many drag-out, knock-out fights with family who insisted that person, even after they've been gone, and basically very little brain activity, they have to be kept on life support because the family doesn't want to lose them. They don't want to let them go. That's a very hard aspect when somebody goes because physically they are leaving us, and we have to let them go. And some people are so afraid and so terrified of death that they cannot let that loved one go. And that's wrong. They're gone. Their wishes were to go. And if their wishes were not to be placed on life support, not to do this, not to do that, then allow that to happen. I've seen drag out fights over um, organ donation where the person really badly just really wanted to donate their body organs so maybe some young child can get part of their liver re, re, uh, redone maybe somebody could see again maybe somebody's heart will work maybe somebody's burn there's so many different things that the body can you can harvest from a body yet some of the family who didn't agree with it and don't believe in it would fight left right and center even after the person's gone has signed all the paperwork and I'll let you know now that If you pass and you've signed all your paperwork and you've done everything you need to do, (coughs) excuse me, and you decide that you want this all done, there is a moderately good chance that if your family does not agree with you and you have not sat down with your family and made it very plain and simple, it will happen this way, that the hospital will go with what the family's wishes are. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And some of them are legal and some of them are others, but... Do not be afraid to pass. Make your family aware that it is not a thing to fear. It's hard. It's devastating. It's it's very critically 
important to make sure you sit down, become aware of all your feelings and all their feelings, and know that death is something to be accepted. Do your preparations. Sit down with your family. Go with what you need to do. Let them know that this is my way of dying with dignity. This is my way for you to respect my wishes. This is my kind of my last hurrah. It's like setting up your own birthday party. You know, this is the flavor of cake I want. This is the type of pop I want. I want a clown. I don't want a clown. I have myself, as an ordained reverend and a pagan priest, I have actually done a few passings and funerals. And the first thing I do is it starts off, it's going to sound a little weird, but it starts off the same way as when I sit down with the people. It's the same as a wedding, same as a hand fasting. It's what do you want? What are you looking for? This is your ceremony. This is your ritual. Did the deceased leave anything behind? My very first pagan passing I did was a very nice lady who passed. She was the only witch pagan in the entire family. The family all loved her immensely, but they didn't understand at all her spirituality. And they talked to a friend who talked to a friend who called me. I went and talked to the family and I said, what do you want done? They said, we have no idea. We just want it to be kind of pagany witchy because that's what she wanted. So I set up a service that was pagany, but it was more getting them involved with what we did. So when we smudged them coming in, what a smudge meant, what it meant to her, what she thought it would mean. Uh, when we used the pentagram or pentacle, what that really meant, the, the, what we talked about, the four elements in spirit. We talked about what witchcraft is. And by the end of it, I had four or five people come up to me and said, we did not know that's what she was. And it was a matter of making sure she was already passed, she was gone, and I didn't feel her there, she was long gone. But it was a matter of making sure that what the family thought her wishes would be were fulfilled. And that was showing her great honor. Death is something that's going to come to all people. And death is something that we should be prepared for. We don't have to accept it. We don't have to say, okay, yep, I'm ready to die. Let's do it tomorrow. (laughs) I'm ready to die personally, but not for at least 20, 30 years. For those of you that know me, my PTSD from decades of working in blood and gore and emergency and babies and etc. did have me very depressed for a period of time. And I was looking for telephone poles. And I always thought to myself, when I find the right pole at the right speed, at the right velocity, at the right way I'm going to hit, etc., etc., that I'll die instantly, that will be my telephone pole. I'm much better. I do not look for telephone poles now. (laughs) I have absolutely no thoughts of leaving until it's time. And that is not up to me. Um, With my faith, that's up to the gods, the goddesses, and the universe who will decide when it's time for me to leave. But I know I have much more to do here. And at the same time, I do my preparations. So again, 
the paperwork's all done. The little handouts are all done. The legal paperwork's all done. My will is done. My uh, my DNR is done. Um, I have a little a shroud that I'm going to be buried in, or sorry, cremated in. I have my urn already gotten. Um, the the talk that will be happening, the music that will be playing, that was my favorite music, some poems to make people remember and be well. All of these are being done or done already. And my family knows this. My family knows this is happening because I do it out of respect for them and they allow me to do it out of respect for myself. Treat the dying with dignity. Treat the elderly who are soon to die with dignity. Treat everyone with dignity. And treat death with dignity and respect. It's going to come. And if we respect the fact of it, if we prepare for it, if we make sure our family is prepared for it, then it will be an easier process. I hope everybody has a good day. And I hope this didn't traumatize too many people who have gone through death and dying in a bad way. But maybe take that as a lesson and say, you know, this person died in our life. It all went so horribly. Why did it go horribly? What didn't go wrong? What was such a shock? What, what hadn't been done? What legal aspects hadn't been done yet? What hadn't been done that made it so hard on you? And then try and work on that to make sure that when you pass and it's up to your family and friends to prepare your remembrance journey out of life, that it's not too hard on them. As always, be well, be safe, wear your masks, do your precautions, try and be happy. Stay away from social media and the news if it makes you upset. Go for a walk in the rain. Put your feet in the grass. Smile when the wind blows through your hair. Except mine, I'm bald, don't have any. Be well, be happy, and we'll talk again soon. As always, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to me. You have yourself an absolutely fantastic day because you know what? You deserve it. Please listen in next time I have a podcast. Enjoy yourself and you have a fantastic, fantastic life. Thank you. Welcome everybody to Zephyr's Corner, and I'd like to start out how I usually do. This is just my opinion. It is not medical advice. It is not something you have to do. As in all things, it's something for you to think about, ponder on, and go from there. Thank you.